0: Um, 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 oh, honestly
1: unbalanced. Welcome to Honestly Unbalanced, a podcast where we chat to people who've, in their way, try to make your life and other people's lives a little bit better. And this week, that person we're chatting to is Jasmine Bahia. Uh, you can find her at bahia yoga b-a-h-i-a yoga jasmine's got 20 years experience of all sorts of yoga styles including classical hatha vinyasa restorative and yoga nidra she got her own nottingham studio bahia yoga where she supported hundreds of teachers on their journey over the years jasmine's also a chartered psychologist clinical supervisor and has been a student of zen for 15 years the conversation is awesome jasmine is so lovely she's one of my favorite people she's one of my favorite human beings but we chat about building a yoga business in a new city consistency and taking action fusing yoga and psychology the different roles of a yoga teacher the importance of healthy boundaries patterns and triggers that arise in teacher trainings exploring different faiths and becoming a baptized catholic zen versus vipassana and plenty more if you're interested in doing a 200 hour training jasmine does her own but also jasmine is part of the faculty teaching on jason crandall's 200 hour training it's uh, myself Jasmine and Adam Hoke, who we chatted to a few weeks ago. We're teaching the in-person section at TriYoga starting in July. So it's one week in July and one week later, one in the year. And Jason Crandall is teaching the other 50% online. You can find out more about that at uh, TriYoga's website or my website if you're interested guys if you weren't aware holly and i have our own online platform at the hustlers.com this platform is ever growing ever evolving it started in our living room two and a half years ago and it now has its own dedicated yoga studio with a ridiculous amount of equipment. It's ever getting better. But if you join, you get access to sound journeys, meditations, asana classes, short and long. There's one for me each week. So it's pretty much like practicing with me in person each week, but you get access to that class pretty much whenever you want. And there is also live classes as well on there that you can join. Sometimes Thursday morning. Sometimes there are kind of random ones that I just throw out there that people can join in with. So basically lots on offer and you guys can get 25% off with Code The Hustlers 25. That gives you 25% off a single 12-month membership or a reoccurring monthly membership forever or until you cancel it. That's A Hustlers 25 in capitals. And if you fancy a mat to support your practice, 10% off Lifeform Yoga Mats and they're always releasing new amazing colors. Uh, but yeah, 10% off was Code Hustler, H-U-S-L-E-R. And they've recently released some really cool water bottles and uh, some dedicated... Earth-friendly mat cleaner. Before we get listening, one little request for us. If you remotely enjoy what we're doing here with the podcast, please do spread the word. Uh, share, review. I think you can even now rate it on Spotify along with Apple Music. But yeah, please do spread the word. It makes a massive difference. This isn't a particularly money-making venture for us, you know, unless you use the 10% off uh, on the live format or you're on our online platform. We just love spreading some good vibes and sharing these amazing conversations so if you do enjoy it it would mean the world if you uh if you share thank you so much and enjoy this episode but it's it's very rare now that you we would find anywhere in the uk that doesn't have a studio or at least doesn't have someone renting classes but at the time what was how many years ago was this and what was a nottingham scene like
2: so this was about so obviously it was 2008 i think i started had my first studio oh, 2012 11 something like that at the time there weren't many studios it was not like how it is now mm. the wonderful thing is now you can kind of go to most areas and pockets of a city and there's a studio and that's one thing uh jake and i said wouldn't it be wonderful if there were more yoga and meditation places the more the merrier mm. um but yes it was really different then uh in the sense of you could go around and look at places it was so cheap
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it was so
2: easy and at the time my very first studio i split the cost with two other people and it was 200 pounds a month
0: <gasps> oh my, God. Oh my.
2: jaw drop there holly
0: wow <laughs> you can't buy anything in london full stop for 200 pounds Month.
2: I know but even probably back then mm. e- that's, coffee. The- that's coffee
0: yeah, that, that's coffee that covers coffee, <laughs> d- you know. daily is, coffee. That, is that
2: just for a week's coffee <laughs> yeah. or a something coffee. like that <laughs> <laughs> but yes so but be- but also it was a photography studio so it wasn't always ours full time you know so we could go in and teach and it was a beautiful place windows either side lots of natural lighting and you know at that time yoga was still kind of making its like way yeah. And, you know like i um i did a room about imagine if i'd listened to my husband which makes it look like a bad rap but in just in the sense of do you really want to do this full time do you not think you should focus on your psychology work i think you're really going to um work best as a psychology psychologist and actually it was the best kind of prompt for me. (laughs) Not to to prove like husband wrong, but it was more like, I really want to do this, but Mm. I really want to do this. And it was like a kind of something inside me was just like, no, but I have to do this. There's there's no like, there's nothing else that I want to do. And, um, but yes, it was um, very different, very different scene because actually i put out flyers facebook was around then instagram was not around then um or or maybe it was i can't remember but but not as much when i first started but good old flyers and people just used to pay me so i used to be very i'm only running six-week courses Mm -hmm. i only started doing drop-in classes about five years ago i
1: know that, that model that model actually I think is actually quite good for mm. starting up teachers. Mm-hmm. the idea of creating a course because yes. you know a lot of people say, well what do you do it's it's about consistency you know if yes. i if I rent a space out and only have one person book in one week, you know I'm losing money, and the answer yes. to that is either, well you, you really you need to be consistent because if you're not consistent, yes. people will never book. But understandably you can't afford to be consistent so Mm. actually having that model of by six if you don't come that's your fault Mm. at least you have some more stability
0: (laughs) and then people commit i suppose they have a sort of start and an end point and it feels like a sort of a journey in itself
2: yeah i I think um just echoing that you've got that commitment but also people are learning something yeah Mm. like i think it's really important for me it's not i'm just oh, I'll just do this. It's like, what are they going to learn? What can I teach them? And that's really important. There's something about the people attending regularly that you watch them develop and grow mm. and uh, and they commit to you and then you can commit to the premises. And I can remember starting a few different classes and I thought, no, no, just focus on two classes, see how it goes, build up. And I I don't quite know your story in that sense of how you started with the classes because it feels like, for me, the best way, and this is my own experience, is actually fit it in with what else you've got going on, you know, in the sense of like, so the psychology work was really good. And I feel with something that you're doing, it has to, that you love, you have to love it in order to commit to it. And to do it, and then see kind of what grows from there. Mm. Not not that idea of I'm just going to give it up to the universe. But it's like <laughs> no, actually, yes, do that. But also work really hard, commit, yeah. Yeah. stick to the dates, do your promotions, get some good leaflets, yeah. and um, yeah. teach and practice. You know, practice tons.
1: You've done you've done trainings now for a long time, two hundred hour trainings and more. On that note, do you find people wanting? to do a training or because they want a career change. They're coming solely to actually go 100% all in, let go of everything else because they want to be a full-time yoga teacher. And what's what's been your response when you've encountered that?
2: Do you know, it's been interesting because I feel that originally my idea for my training was, I just love it and I'll see where it grows. I feel like that's a wonderful attitude to have. There are a lot of people nowadays thinking, what can I do that um, I could that I really enjoy and love doing, but actually that I could make some make a living from, mm-hmm. make a living from? It's funny saying money, and not that I'm not that I'm against the money bit, but I just think it's like, well, how can I make like an honest living? How can I do this? Also, for some people, how can I make a big business out of it? Mm-hmm. But yes, you do have people attending trainings to think, well, what can I get out of it? which i think also is um is right. You know, there's a big investment financially, time-wise. Will i know that i can actually teach? Yes, you'll be able to teach. Are you guaranteed that your business is going to be successful? No. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's down to you and your hard work and so i think there's a lots of enthusiasm and passion and unless you have some kind of understanding of how um organizations or businesses work you could be pushed to just go hey I've got my studio I'm setting it up but yeah I absolutely Adam there's more people who are seeing the yoga as a career change which is also brilliant Mm. you know so there's a there's there's not a right or wrong way to do it but it was it was interesting because lots of people would come because they were interested in the expanding their knowledge and deepening their practice and connecting with the philosophy and they still do all of that but they have an end goal i feel when you're starting something and you have a end goal it's got to be that you know you need to stay open it's kind of i have an idea and this is the goal and i hope I'm going to get there.
0: Mm. Did, did you have business experience then uh, when you did your training? Did you Did you think to yourself, I eventually want to have a studio? And and you kind of knew how to do it because I think so many start teachers starting out do not have that. Me included. I had to go to a business course and that really, really helped ah. me massively. So is that something you already had in the bank?
2: Yes. But, you know, I love that you've said that, Holly, you know, because that's actually that's what's missing is yeah, anytime is. I have done a business this is my third business actually wow. um, anytime I have set up a business business plan
0: mm-hmm.
2: cash flow research mm-hmm. so before I actually started doing yoga I mean um, there was this brilliant um, Ashtanga teacher actually at Virgin Active in Putney Georgina and I remember saying I've got some questionnaires I'd like to pass on to your students, and I thought it was really kind of them to say, "Okay, curious, <laughs> like, what's going on?" They're coming to my classes, but it was really generous of them, and I really just thought, "Okay, so what do people enjoy about yoga? What's a good time? What would they like?" in in the in the days of when it was just like paper, you know, you could just take paper in, and um, so yes, I feel having some background in um, either being self-employed or or just working really, really hard and long hours (laughs) will help you to become a yoga teacher. And my um, first business was set up with the help of the Prince's Trust Mm -hmm. in my um, late teens, early twenties. And that was graphic design, advertising and marketing. Mm. And, um, Back in the days, you know, like I just had like one little Apple Mac computer, but that really helped me because you had a lot of training. You know, you were actually your business um, plan was kind of, you know, like questioned by people in authority. Mm. Not quite Dragons Den, but like in front of a business panel, and then they would like ask you questions about your cash flow or how would this work, and and then my um, other business was to do with music (laughs) so really yeah so that was to do with importing and exporting um record and cd vinyl cases and that was a completely different business because that was um in the days of you know like when you have the italian lira and going over to do business and it was really interesting doing that business because I can remember staying in this hotel in Italy at an exhibition with the manufacturers with their you know like with their goods and stuff and I'll ring in my brother going what am I doing with my life why, why am I here like and I was <laughs> training as a psychologist and then I was thinking well you're helping um, with these products now these products are used by musicians and DJs and then the DJs like they play their records and people dance and that makes them happy so you're making people happy Oh, <laughs> not bad. Like, so I was really like trying to look for what am I doing and the both businesses involved I suppose to some extent other people but I remembered thinking my third business was going to be me Hmm. and that's where the yoga and the psychology came in but that, but that experience absolutely has informed me and helped me and also um, making lots of errors and mistakes along the way and learning um, but yeah I, I think um, it does help I think that's really helped doesn't mean I get it right or I know exactly what is the best thing to do or to advise people, but I've learnt a lot. Where it.
1: Where that? is all this self-reflection come from? Because it seems like you were reflecting a lot long before yoga. Like even that, the idea that you, what you were saying there is you were a little yeah. part of a process creating happiness in the world, but happiness that you would never see. I guess like like <laughs> like, like the like the bricklayer building a cathedral hundreds yeah. of years ago, oh, yeah. uh, the sixty-year-old bricklayer that was just putting yes. one or two bricks in that would never see that cathedral complete, but yet they could be happy from that, or the person that plants mm. a tree that they will never see oh. grow, that, you know, that idea. Like, so that, that's quite that like, deep reflection at you know, a relatively young age. Where did, where did that come from?
2: I'm thinking of the bricklayer and this importance of this cathedral, and I'm just <laughs> thinking, how, that's a beautiful analogy. So I really like that. And um, I would say that comes from my upbringing, definitely from my mum, and um, going to the temple, to the Gurdwara uh, specifically, uh, coming from a Sikh upbringing, Sikh background, and just a woman of strong faith, Mm
0: -hmm. a woman
2: of strong faith who'd come over from India and would have had many, many challenges, but always very stable, very kind, very loving, and just full of joy, really. And just seeing her in the mornings with her mala beads, you know, counting her mala beads and doing her japa, her mantra. and But not knowing that's where it came from. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that comes with age, I feel. You know, like, you don't know where that comes from. In fact, you're like, oh, (laughs) do we have to go and do that? I mean, I did, I loved it. I loved being at the temple and listening to the bhajans and the gitan and just, And that's so, so you'd be there for a long time. So you learn how to sit on the floor for a long time at a young age. And, um, but the, the Sikhi faith is really much about, if you think about the meditation is based on mantras and bhajans and, um, devotional, like the bhakti side. And I think it took me a long time to realize, oh, you've been doing yoga since you were little as opposed to, oh, I turned up to a yoga class and I'm doing yoga, <laughs> you know, like, so in that formal sense, yeah. but um, definitely from my mom and, um, and I'm really grateful for that. You know, I'm really grateful for that experience. Not sure how I appreciated it when I was younger.
0: You never do, <laughs> do you, when you're young? <laughs> but, uh,
2: <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's my, um, and from my aunt as well, my musty, my mom's sister. She kind of, she kind of goes to all of these, like, just follows where the Sangat goes and she's mm. there at the Godwara where the Bhajans are, you know, like, so kind of they're, um, they're little, um, <laughs> <I love laughs> their, their little raves. Conscious raves. <laughs> their spiritual raves, you know, like, and it, and it is very, you know, like the Sikhi is a little bit like yeah. devotional mantras. So, mm. um, and also I think it's also to do with your, so, in, in, so the psychologist part of me will come out, but it's also to do with your nature, nurture. So there's the, mm-hmm. the environment, but also I think I'm like that as well. I think that the upbringing has helped me. I am a person that reflects and pauses um, when I can, day to day. Perhaps my husband will say differently on day to day, I think he does, but, uh, but yes, yeah, so, so that comes from there and, um, That's what I love about yoga. You know, when we're together, it's not weird to ask, "Well, why am I here, or what's the purpose?" Mm, I love these questions. And that's the lovely thing Mm. about doing trainings and practices, and when we're together, it's it's a place where you can ask and share your vulnerabilities and thoughts. You know, the fears about um, life, or so. This um, I was listening to Jessamine. Um, really admire Jessamine, Jessamine,
1: st- Jessamine,
2: do you know what? I just know Jessamine it's that they've got a new, uh, book out called yoke. Yoke. Wonderful. Just, 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 and, and the, the, quotes of the Patanjali's yoga sutras, you know, like the, you know, um, then the seer abides in their true nature, mm. you know, so, so, so we are our true self. But we're identifying with the thoughts and the things that come along. And then that's when, and the problems come when we identify with that thought. And the, So it's really lovely that we get to do this and we get to unpick the processes as we go along. How, yeah. do you,
1: how do you differentiate between, I guess, the work you might do in trainings where people, people can really open up in trainings, can't they? In yes. that and then your psychology work but you're actually working with people in the past in a more formal yeah. setting. And it's very hard, I guess, to find the right divide and find the right approach in each different setting. So can you talk a little bit back to that?
2: Yes, actually, I was uh, when I was listening to one of your podcasts and I'm, <clears throat> I think <clears throat> that you were talking about the role, what's the role of a teacher or what's your role? And I feel, as I'm sure you both will, is there's many hats that we need to wear, you know, from the person that's um, cleaning the restroom to um, answering the phone and doing emails. And when you're in the role of the trainer, you're not the therapist. Mm-hmm. You're, I'm, I'm not the therapist. And I find it really fascinating that anybody can kind of lead a training or do yoga without having a psychology degree. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I'm
2: like, okay. But but I just wonder, I, I think about it like, you know, it's like being with a dentist and you go, don't look at my teeth. And sometimes people go, I'm not going to talk, you know, she's going to start analyzing me and she knows. It's just like, no, actually, you don't start doing that unless you're in the therapeutic process, you know, so unless you were sitting in the dentist's chair and they're looking really at your teeth. So it's a... It's important for me, I keep my boundaries. One thing that psychology has really taught me is boundaries. And I find in yoga that the boundaries are a little bit fluid, wishy-washy, by the way, I'm doing that with my hands because I know you guys can see, but I've just realized for audio purposes. um, Wishy-washy, there's a, so so there's something about I'm opening up, I'm finding the meaning of life that means I can share, I can just do this and I can be. And it's like, well, okay, well, how do we then as teachers step back from the student's experience and rather than our own experience interfering with their process? Mm. Um, and the so the psychology for me is very much one-to-one. It's very much one-to-one work, which is originally how yoga was. You know, you yeah. used to practice uh, one-to-one. Whereas the trainings are in a group, aren't they? You know, So there it's a group setting. Um, I have been applying or thinking more about, well, actually what can I offer people who come along for the trainings and offer them some insight into how what I see and discussing with them, how some of our own previous patterns could get in the way of our teaching. Mm. So, So one of the things I, share to people is just say, well, if there's anything that's not quite, you haven't quite worked out in, you know, out in your life or just things that you're not comfortable with, they'll just come knocking on your door as you're teaching yoga because you're dealing with people, you're dealing with relationships. So, you know, a little bit like, um, you put that nice post up the other day about, you know, you're doing yoga, but and you're really great at Shasana, you're doing headstand if your relationships are a bit messy, are you really practicing yoga? Mm. So it's, um I hope that's answered that or that's helped. Yeah, it's really yeah interesting. I think that would be
1: a really fas- fascinating training yeah. to lead, for you to lead. Uh, helping teachers unpick their patterns. Because there's lots of, in the yes. yoga world, there is lots of kind of untrained <laughs> psychology uh <laughs> as it were and in but,
2: psychology there's a lot of untrained yoga or uh, yeah
1: word. so but you to have someone to who is a trained psychologist who has taught trainings for many years and led hundreds and hundreds of people through that process and observed many teachers to help unpick the things that yeah might be triggering us when we teach yoga well, that yeah, i think yeah. would be very useful for a lot of people like what what kind of patterns have you seen we don't need to mention anyone's name but what <laughs> <laughs> but what kind of Thank patterns you. have you seen
2: what kind of patterns do i see i see a lot of patterns to do with our relationships with people in authority
0: (laughs) Mm. so when you're
2: the person who's the leader and trainer and um just the gentle challenges and people will bring along um anger or unresolved feelings towards um parent, parental kind of figures authority. And unconsciously it leaks out in the training process. So it's not deliberate. So when you're the person that could say, and don't forget that needs to be an on time and it just be like, what? So it could just be a trigger because it could just be the way somebody said something. Yeah. And, And I'm just like, okay, I'm there just to take all of this. But sometimes I will go, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute, actually that doesn't belong to me. That's actually, this really belongs to you. And it would be really useful for you to think about how beneficial that is. And does it, is it going to benefit your students? So I always think, you know, when people arrive to training and they're exhausted and they're tired and they're like, well, now I've got to work and then I've got to do this. And I said, yeah, then on top of that, you'll be teaching a yoga class. Hmm. So, So it's not suddenly going to be this miraculous world we're going to teach or be as we are, you know. So you don't just suddenly become this different person when you're teaching, to a certain extent, you know. But you're not suddenly going to be oh, and everything is perfect, mm. everything is wonderful, and then <laughs> get you know you're on the phone. Is my tea ready? You know, just like kind mm. of it's, it can't be that different. But people bring many things, Adam, you know, Holly, you'll know this, you know, we all we all bring things. We, mm. One of the things, um, you know, with um, the training that I've done with Jason Crandall, what I liked in terms of how he held the space was he was able to just allow you to be, allow you to bring things, but didn't interfere with the process. Mm. You know, at the time I had, um, you know, other things going on, you know, with a family member that was really unwell and really ill. And I was struggling with that. And it was really good and easy for me to bring that. And I I know that would have impacted my process and my learning. Um, But I would have had some insight into understand, actually, um, that's what's happening for me. But if we don't have that psychological insight or therapy, you know, we won't know that. So I think our unconscious processes will always be present um, unless we do some meditation and yoga with a little bit of therapy. But, mm. but yoga is not um, psychology
0: work, you know, unless you're a yoga therapist, yeah. Do you, do you feel that a lot of people that walk through the door kind of um, the, the patterns and the things that are sort of present, they're unconscious to it a lot of the time and they and they sort of walk in, they're like, oh, I didn't know that I was going to be getting this kind of deep inner work training as well. And yes. and how do you manage that? Do you step back and, and let people just um, and just kind of witness it? Or as a psychologist, do you feel that you want to not fix people, of course, but kind of um, challenge them with it and present them with their own shadows and patterns so that they can, you know, heal and grow?
2: The only time, that's a really good question, Holly, actually, uh, the only time I would step in is if I felt it was possibly detrimental to the group process or the outcome of their, um, you know, mm. completing the course. Otherwise, I think people can actually, you know, the great thing is a mind is wonderful, isn't it? We're just working through things every day. Yeah. <clears throat> sleep is a wonderful thing. So the more you can sleep, the better we will feel. But I, I probably have, <laughs> I, I think just with that, it's, I'm always clear I'm not doing the psychology work. And I have actually had people who then come to me and say, can I work with you as a psychologist? Who I And I just think, God, I would love to work with you, but I'm not able to. Yeah. Because I know some of the things that would come up. I feel that they both inform each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, that they really... Um, and it's a good question for both of you as well. You'll know this in your own experience from your trainings and your classes is... Uh, and like, like the other day, um, somebody I knew really well, um, they just looked really sad. And I remembered thinking, oh, well, actually they've turned up 15 minutes early on Zoom, which is not like them. And at the end, I did speak to them and they, they'd had a a loss. So, so there's some things that you think about and you think, actually, would that be useful? And is it, so that question I always ask, is it going, is it of benefit to me? or is it going to benefit the other person yeah so that's the yeah
0: I would like to know about your I know you said you've been practicing yoga probably since since birth with everything that you've been doing growing up but (laughs) what about your first um experience in an asana class what was that like yeah
2: yeah that was um that's that's a um it's interesting you know because I'm thinking of the process for both of you and like that idea of that actually if you have a parents that have this spiritual base or this practice it's almost the child is going to be in this environment and they might rebel against it yeah yeah. (laughs) they'll just be like they'll be like oh actually yeah that's where that comes from but my first class was with an younger teacher Antoinette Healy and uh, kind of quite traditional late 90s so you know like back in the day when yoga was really It was like, you're a psychologist. You really want to become a yoga teacher and all of that. But she used to wear black leotard, black leggings, very, very strict. And I loved it because I could just show off how good I was with my <laughs> yoga moves. <laughs> I was like, this is great. You know, coming, came came deliberately in my kung fu gear with my other friend who could do the box splits. We would go to the front of the class just to think, can you see us? Can you just see how good we are at this arsenal? You know, like this kind of. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because I think Antoinette used to have about 20, 25. 25 people in the class and and I could see her. She literally, she used to come around and go, sit up. And I was like, oh, that's great. I do need a little, so it's like <laughs> a really strict class. And and uh, I loved it. And and I've since found out that actually Antoinette is a really respected, was a really respected, um, you know, a younger teacher. And uh, I think she was in her seventies at the time. Oh, wow. and, and I loved the, um, I just loved it, but I would definitely skip the Shavasana. I was one of those. You know, and you what, You, you doing, get up
1: and leave or just be distracted?
2: Oh, yeah. Kind of like time to go. Okay. Time to go. Yeah. So I, so I found out more about Antoinette and then went to other classes that she used to teach, which would definitely be like, oh, my God, eyes rolling. I'm in Shavasana. I need to run home now. <laughs> I need to, like, literally, because it'd be like I'd meet my... Kung Fu friends, and we'd go for a run, and we'd do the... You'll know this from your martial arts background, you know, finger press-ups, clap press-ups, which I cannot do now, just to be clear. (laughs) (laughs) But I was so physical, um, physically based, and but something hooked me, you know, like over all of us. And the hook was, within a few weeks, I was like, oh, I want to teach this. I mean, I didn't, thank goodness. I didn't teach, I didn't start training till a few years later, but... I was hooked straight away and I'm really grateful and I love the Iyengar practice but it was definitely something I never wanted to train in. I was always clear about that and um, then it kind of continued and I didn't realize that I was actually incorporating, we were incorporating some yoga asanas into the Hongar Kung Fu practice so you know I was also coming into Halasana sometimes habitually just into like shoulder stand, they used to do a lot of bakasana, you know, crow poses, you know, which you could do easily. And so, so it was more about the showing off a bit, but they love to hold the poses you see in Iyengar. (laughs) And that was, that was interesting. And um, yeah, and it continued. And then I moved to London from, this is in Liverpool, by the way. So I used to live in Liverpool and um, which is where I did my psychology degree. And that's where I found the Shivananda yoga, and um, that and that's when it just got really serious, like kind of, I was, my cousin and their friends were coming over to see me on a sat and I'd be like, you guys have a wine. I mean, you guys do what you want. I'm going to sit and read the Mahabharata. <laughs> Literally, I would be like reading something from some scriptures and really getting into the deeper side of it and really... So so it balanced well.
1: What did your family think of it? Did they find it strange that you were then doing
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> love me. Um they they Well, I well the thing is like the in terms of if you think about, you know, like the Vedic knowledge, the Vedic knowledge would be crossed over with the Sikhi and the Hinduism, you know, Jainism and you know, so there's some crossover, you know. So it was fine to do yoga it was great it was it was more like um wonder what um wonder what's going to be her new faith this month or something Uh. (laughs) i think i'm really a person who loves to learn about what 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 do we believe in so you know so if you were into sufism i'd just go take me there tell tell me what you do and what can we do to learn more so i love learning things and um i think that they they were fine with it because there's so many similarities with it you know there's there's so many similarities i think it was more the zen you know when i started to do the zen yeah. <laughs> and uh, like and sitting in silence as opposed to a lot of budgets but they i think i'm they love and respect me but i think also i'm a source of um loving amusement mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. That's lovely. <laughs> with my antics <laughs> but, but yeah no no it's um kind of at the, it does the full circle and I think it now makes me think well what am I doing and how does that influence my thinking or my life now and actually you go oh yeah actually it just comes back to that original bhakti yoga mm. you know so does
0: it always come do does it always sort of come because i was just thinking you know if, if you're so interested to learn about different beliefs different religions which i am yeah. too i'm fascinated by all of it i don't like to have almost a set belief i love to be fluid and kind of see what everyone else yeah. you know believes about the world so do you ever feel every, that you're sort of
1: every every religious holiday holidays <laughs> hol- all on board <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> every, every religious holidays. no no but, you know just, just I don't know like the deep questions I'm always interested in that so I wonder if um you know you've grown up in, in a family of such strong faith did your sort of faith and religion and beliefs was um you, you said you always come back to the back to yoga but did you always sort of did you ever question you know your own oh, yeah. faith and background
2: I, I, I think I I think uh, well I I don't know if it's normal but I think there's a rebellious phase and um I um, also, look, this is like the podcast where everything is being shared. just, but the, (laughs) but um, I did also become a Catholic.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I am a baptized Catholic. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yes, Adam. (laughs) 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 I told like I think I said, if I do something, I do it really well, like I get into it. So we went to a Catholic school and I was really fascinated by the communion and just like couldn't go up. And I was like, I want to go to communion. And then I was on holiday and I was wearing a cross around the time of the Madonna phase and stuff, you know, so we were all just wearing these crosses and somebody said, why do you wear that cross? And I said, oh, it's because I'm a Catholic. And they said, oh, are you baptised? Catholic and I said no but maybe I should be then (laughs) and (laughs) I went to find out about it and I went to this priest in Liverpool you have to become a catechumen and you have these weekly talks with the priest and um, it's great you know like so I have the bases covered you know just
0: it's just
1: it's like having (laughs) having multiple passports isn't it like just
0: in case (laughs) I love that, though. Holly,
2: shout. Just say, Holly, are you But I think it's because these faiths influence my life. The Sikhism, the Catholicism, from when I was growing up at school, the Zen, the yoga. um, You know, and I suppose you could say, in some sense, the Hindu scriptures, the Hindu text, um, in the sense of the Bhagavad Gita. Mm -hmm. But the message, I think, is like be good
0: be a good yeah. person be nice. yeah
2: be loving there's going to be duck life is full of suffering life is full of suffering um and then there's not suffering and it's not to attach to one or the other and you know you'll know that from the and then i you know like i've married a buddhist <laughs> and um theravada buddhist so so it's um It's a deep and meaningful house Mm -hmm. with with lots of music and you know, like watching football and just like kind of that, you know, just like, uh, I think is it David Hume that um, I look at the universe and I just look at all this like, wow, this big stuff that's happening. And then my mind is just blown away going, oh my gosh, you know, like thinking my mind is expanding and then I just have to take the dog for a walk.
0: Yeah, watch a football game.
2: get back to just get back to being here yeah but there is um it's that it's that essence really whatever you call it that sense of who you are which you know like we return to or have a sense of or a glimpse of when we do our yoga practice whatever yoga it is you know it doesn't have to be a particular way or a particular style that's how yeah but it's yeah it's I'm looking forward to celebrating all the festivals with you, Holly. (laughs) We get to
1: celebrate
0: them all. (laughs) That's the only reason.
1: (laughs) As a a South Asian woman, has there ever been in the yoga world, especially, kind of any expectations or presumptions of you, especially Um, when you might be wearing a crucifix? (laughs)
2: Especially what? When you
1: might be wearing a crucifix. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. well i don't tend to wear that and that was yes it's uh but obviously you know like you've got this um you know like if you think about the religions as well in um south asia catholicism is one of the big religions mm. as well so it's mm. like a. but it's um i can remember this uh professor and uh university lecturer both um asian women came to my class and they said you know, we're really glad that you're brown and Asian and that you're doing the yoga. And I, and I said, forget the, forget the fact that my yoga is no good, but it's great that I'm brown. <laughs> <laughs> yoga was great. But we were laughing. We were laughing at actually, it's really... So there's something about the identity. I think um, the, what I'm realizing now is some people, which is really great are saying that they're coming or seeking the training because it is a person of color and somebody who's a brown South Asian woman. And I said, I'm, I'm really glad you've come to some classes though as well first, you know, because you've got to make sure that the teaching fits. But the the pressures on, I mean, I think the pressures are different because it's in the sense of, if it's somebody who's not been brought up with that particular faith, but if you're say a, I don't know, like say if you're a white person teaching yoga, And spirituality is not perhaps part of your thinking. And then you're trying to understand that. So you're understanding many, many layers and trying to grasp all of these words and language and thinking. The difference is when you've been brought up with it, you're coming from your home place. But then it's like, oh, well, which bit do I share? Because actually, just because you've been brought up with it doesn't actually mean you know how to teach yoga or do yoga. Does that, does that make sense? You know, like, so it's kind of, it's such a, it's a, yeah, it's such a big question. I feel like I could talk about it forever. The, there's no particular pressures except just for being a yoga teacher. Like, how do we all teach? How can, how can we bring our best? But there is sometimes when you see another person and I've had, you know, taught many other South Asian uh people and their knowledge of this particular text is so huge and then you're like oh well i I don't really have much knowledge on that text so so we're all we're all the same in that sense you know like so yeah Hmm.
1: and how does like on a practical level having again when you first met at least a zen a zen husband combined with i guess then as a household combined with other religions zen seems like it would create quite a calm clean household nothing on the walls quite st- sterile in some sense i haven't seen that now
2: walls. but
1: then when i came to your house your last house it yes. felt very homely there was lots yes. of art on the walls Lots.
2: yeah lot... yeah. Well, the in the other room. yeah it's so the zen is me by the way jake is vipassana
1: oh, uh. okay okay
2: yeah so i actually so this is really interesting i'm the zen practitioner. I started practicing Zen in 2008 and I loved it. And actually the the, the Zen group has, has been, uh, that particular Zen group um, has been under the influence of Sister Elaine, who's a Catholic. So obviously this theme of Catholicism mm-hmm. is really coming back to me. And, um, and just to say, I found it really strange at first. I was like, why are we bowing? Why are we doing this? Cause it was like, I didn't understand it. You know, so you have to understand what you're doing and why, regardless yeah. of where it comes from. So sometimes you just do it, and sometimes people have questions. But the the Zen, I love the simplicity. Jake is the insight, the vipassana, so and which is really interesting because um, when I did my first experience of formal meditation was at university, and we did zazen practice as part of the as part of the lecture. So ten or fifteen minutes on zazen, which is to means to be awake, to sit awake. They tend to sit with the eyes open, or, or you know, gazing down, facing towards the wall. The pasna is insight, mm-hmm. so looking in internally more so. So it's quite interesting. So that says a lot about Jake and I as well. So when we're practicing, I'm just like, well, I just like so. It, so the link in terms of the my first experience of yoga and the zen is the discipline. Mm. I am like such a oh, love life, be happy, joyous. I need discipline. <laughs> and I am Vata, you know, so just yeah. <laughs> like. So, so the Kapha is coming in with age and a little bit of the Pitta, but um, I need that discipline because I'm excitable, I'm joyous and fun. And Jake is sometimes the opposite. <laughs> That <laughs> kind of sounds a bit familiar, actually. It sounds familiar, Holly. It's
0: like I can relate a little bit.
2: <laughs> but, a, but that's not saying, so, so, the, so the points of joy will be different, and it'll just be like, oh, could you just turn the volume down in the morning? I'm just really happy. And it's just like, I don't want to do that. And it's like, okay, well, it's time to practice.
0: So,
2: so for me, the practice, whatever we're doing, is the joy. Mm. And you know, you asked that question about the, the psychology and the yoga. They're definitely about the mind, aren't they? Mm. So in psychology, it's the such a precious gift when somebody's saying, Well, kinda of, here's my mind. Could you help me? And mm. I feel in yoga we might be coming, you know, we are coming with our physical bodies, but on a on a much deeper level, people are saying, This is also my mind, you know, mm. they're not disconnected. So, and, and but they're both really wonderful gifts that people are presenting to us you know in the world that we live in and aren't we all just lucky to do this what you know to do what we love we're just so lucky aren't we
0: well that's such a nice way of looking at it mm-hmm. that people come as a gift to you I've never heard it expressed like that that's really beautiful oh mm-hmm. joy I love it <laughs> we are lucky <laughs> do you have a spark sparkly microphone I mean, I think maybe you just see colours and auras and things because no. <laughs> I mean, I'll no, take it's it. Just, just it's just the, it's just the yes. light around if, me.
1: If, if, if one was available, Holly would have it.
0: Oh, I, I like the well, sound of this. It might be. I'm sure know, but, you can get sparky. That might be marks. my
1: job for the afternoon to find Holly a with spark. I think microphone. it's the
2: way it's coming across in Zoom. Oh, I love it. Oh, the oh, I,
1: I, I think oh. I just saw it then. Anyway, should we do? Some yeah, we're gonna do some little quickfire questions now.
2: Oh yes, please. <laughs>
0: Hi. This has been oh, so, so much fun,
2: actually. I know. For both of you. And we always, so lovely. we
0: always feel that we could just go on and on and on. So we'll have to get yeah. you back for a, a part two or meet up for a coffee or something. Definitely. <laughs> um, quick fire question. Oh, do you have a morning routine and what does it look like? Because I feel that you are a bouncy morning person.
2: I am indeed. Um, <laughs> my morning routine shower, wake up, brush teeth, um, do practice. But be dressed for that, ready for that, and that was definitely from my mum seeing her dress showered before she even sat down, and um, so this was this was like oh the, the early morning start is going to interrupt my morning practice, and I was like mm-hmm. okay just do some pranayama, so yeah so that's my morning practice after I've practiced um, little smoothie probably about eleven. And, but not, I try not to do emails in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's your creative space mm-hmm. to look after yourself if you can. Nice.
1: Lovely. I, like, you. I like particularly how you shower before you wake up.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? I just find that, you know, like just, I'm just levitating. <laughs> and it's just like- Float into the, <laughs> into the water. Happen, Adam. I'll, 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 I'll teach you, you how teach to do you. that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are there any books that are currently like making you think, or that are having a kind of a good influence on your life at the moment?
2: Oh my gosh! Well, yes. recently, recently Yoke.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you said. Look, we need to find that and put it on the notes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, breathe, is not it? Breath, breathe, James. Oh, I
0: heard about this one. We have it. We oh, actually we own the book. Do we? Yeah, we own the book. And it's good. Oh,
2: it's really good. But actually, I like listening to books. Mm. So I've got them. I've got them as well as printed audio. The, the Book of uh, Joy, Dalai Lama. Oh yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, Desmond yeah. Tutu. That's yeah. just one of my um, favorite all times. And there's always some various psychology books which I am not currently aware of. But there's actually quite a few books by. Um, Dr. Mosley, Michael Mosley, good name. I like, I like, I like his books. That's just really about because there's so much research and Tim Spector, mm-hmm. Tim Spector, yeah. The Zoe app and all about the gut, the microbiome, and the mental health. So all of those books.
0: Well, yeah. I think my dad actually just sent me a book by, is it Tim Spector? It's a book yes. about food, and he's just messaged me saying I'm never eating anything ever again. Uh,
2: well, <laughs> You know what? That's great because he can just also just like levitate in the yeah. shower and just doesn't need to eat when you're living in this place. Exactly. But but it's a really good book to get you to think about, you know, this gut microbiome and just um been following his work. And and if you don't already have it, and this is really good for your listeners, is the the Zoe app. Yeah. And the Zoe app is also where you could report your COVID results or whether you were testing and they've been they were funded they're no longer funded but by the government and all of their research has been extremely helpful they're supposed to launch their actual app to do with food but they decided to focus on covid so the work is just amazing i think you you will both enjoy the scientific yeah. findings. Yeah. Oh, thank
0: you for sharing that.
2: Oh, I love sharing something that people yeah. haven't
0: really yet read. Pass it on. Um, last one. Can you share with us a favourite quote or a teaching, just to give us a little bit of inspo to finish the podcast with?
2: favorite quotes or teaching oh my gosh there's so many that come to mind and nothing comes to mind at this moment <laughs> <laughs> the, the favorite quote and inspo i am always inspired by maya angelo's yeah. poetry and the words and just from this strong black woman and just the influence that um she's had and how much her life has changed i have all of her books, mm. and I'm going to think of a quote, but I will have to send it to you. But just that kind of—do you know some quotes by Maya Angelou Holly? I've read a lot
0: of her stuff. I couldn't, I couldn't quote one off the top of my head, but she's no, one. she's wonderful. No, that makes me feel better. Yeah, we can but leave it in the a, show notes for people.
2: Yes, we'll leave it in the show notes, and then the yeah, just just the just the idea of showing up and being you. Oh,
0: I love showing that. up
2: and uh, be yourself. And uh, my actual quote is: "Love what you do." and watch it love you right back.
0: Oh, mm. that's from you. Oh, I love that. Yes. Stealing that one. <laughs> <That's> so nice. <laughs> you did a quote. <laughs> did a Thank quote. you so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then just the final thing is obviously you and I and Adam Hoke yes. are teaching on Jason Crandall's 200 hour that starts soon. So it's a 50, 50, 50% Jason online, 50% us in person in London. Uh, it's, I think you could sign up now and you get access to all the online stuff immediately. Yes. But the first week of in-person is July, the beginning of July. So you just need to have signed yeah. up before then, if you're interested. Anything you want to say about that?
2: I'm so excited about this because um, I know you really well. I know Jason and Adam Hoke. I just think it's going to be such a wonderful combination. And just with our experience that we can bring and we know what it's like also to train with Jason, you know, that's how the three of us met back in 2015. But yeah, there's so much to share and it's, and I love the idea of it being this hybrid. So, and I know Jason will just do an excellent job with all the video recordings and I know, yeah, I'm just excited Mm -hmm. really.
0: And where, where do you want to point people in the direction of you, Instagram, website, and the thing you want to share?
2: Yes, see where the universe takes them, but also they can find <laughs> they can find me. It's actually Bahia Yoga is on Instagram, B-A-H-I-A, and then Bahiayoga.com is the website, and then other offerings along the way. My psychology, which has not yet quite woken up the Instagram page, it's Jasmine Bahia, J-A-S-M-I-N-B-A-H-I-A. But yeah, there's other offerings coming along all in good time. Mm-hmm. Oh, so look forward. Thank to you them. so much. It's so good to chat. Honestly, thank I'm you balanced. so much.